Hello. We are going to begin a two-week mini-series together, which we're calling Miracles Then and Now. I don't think there's probably been a better time than in the middle of a global pandemic that, to talk about healing. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to talk about healing with faith that we're also going to see some healing. We're going to experience some breakthroughs together. Now, you will need to let us know what's going on because we won't be able to mind read or see through the screen your way to know what is being healed. But we are believing that there's going to be healing and it's going to be supernatural and it's not going to have any human intervention whatsoever. Just the Lord is going to turn up and do some amazing things amongst us. But we are in this mini-series and we're still in the journey for Acts and through Acts. We've come to Acts 3 now. Now, before we jump into today's story, I want to remind you to remember Acts 1 and 2. You see, the journey we're on must not be forgotten because we've only got to this point because of the steps we've taken. So I want you to hold to the truth that Jesus was heaven sent. I want you to hold to the truth that we, that you are a new creation in Christ, that we are a new community in him. I want you to hold to that. I also want you to hold to the challenge and the invitation, not to simply invite Jesus into your world, into your existence, but for you to be invited into Jesus's, that we can have a Jesus-centric faith, not a me-centric faith that just allows Jesus in as and when we need him, but that we are Christ-centered in our followership of him and that we keep him front and center as we go. So I want you to hold those truths that we've explored together over recent weeks as we dive into Act 3. Now, Act 3 is a beautiful story of healing. A lame man is healed and then Peter goes on to seize an opportunity for a sermon. So next week, I'll be preaching Peter's sermon. How cool is that to preach someone else's sermon? Download, press play. So we're going to be looking at the sermon, but first this week, we're going to be looking at the healing and it's a really, really good one. And there is something for all of us in this story. So I'm going to pray and I urge you to lean in and listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. Lord, I know this story is a powerful story and I know you've got something to say to all of us through it. So I pray, Lord, that you would keep me out of the way and that you would simply speak through me. Speak through this story as I try and bring it freshly to people today. Lord, bring healing, bring transformation. Be front and centre for all of us that your will be done. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So listen, if you've got your Bibles, grab your Bibles, because I'm just going to be slowly meandering my way through a few verses of this story. And it will come up on the screen. You know us, of course it will. Um, somebody somewhere will press a button and it will come up. But there's nothing like reading it in your, own, in your own precious book. So grab your Bible. We're beginning from Acts 3. And I'm just going to read you the first couple of verses that will set the scene. We'll talk about that, then we'll go on to the rest of it. So Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going to the temple. Okay, we're going to pause there. Now, 
First of all, we get this rhythm of discipleship that Peter and John are engaged in. They were going to the temple. Why? Well, you will remember from last week's sermon because they devoted themselves to prayer. It was a hallmark of being a Christ follower was this devotion to prayer, not a reluctance to prayer, not a signing up, well, if I must pray, prayer. No, a devotion to it. So they were delighted to, they were happy to, they were eager to encounter the Lord through prayer. So they were in their, their rhythm of prayer, if you like, and they were going to the temple um, as they were were accustomed. But as they approached the temple, there by the gate was a lame man. Now, this is interesting. He was a lame man from birth. Now, in those days, they associated sin and sickness very closely. So if someone was sick, then there was an assumption that they were a sinner. The fact that this is just stipulating where he was lame from birth kind of implies it's not necessarily his fault, maybe an ancestral you know, fault, but it's not necessarily his. But nonetheless, he is lame. And he is brought, we don't know if he's brought by friends or by people who are just obliged or paid to carry him to the temple gate. Now, interesting, why would he be put by a temple gate? He could have been put anywhere in the town to beg. Beggars aren't limited. But you see, he knew where he was most likely to get some money. You see, going into the temple were some religious folk who would be typically paying some money to get either, you know, birds or whatever that they were going to sacrifice or they were giving offerings. So on their way into the temple, they did have some money in their pocket for some of their religious practices. And so this man knew that he would probably get some money if he was put by the temple gate. So he was put there day after day after day. And the money he got through his begging by the temple gate was enough to sustain him in his lame life. He was getting enough money that he could feed himself, get enough to pay for the bread or whatever he was having. If he was paying the people to deliver him there, he was getting enough for that too. But he wasn't getting enough to transform his life. He was just getting enough to sustain him in his lameness. But you see, Jesus didn't want him to stay in his lameness. So, verse 3. Peter and John are coming into the temple, right? So, when he saw Peter, when the lame man saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked intently at him. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. We're going to pause there for just a moment. We'll do the rest of the healing because it's great, but just this bit. So what we need to see here is Peter and John were going into the temple and the lame man saw them coming. So he called out, help me, give me some money, feed me, whatever his chosen phrase was. He was begging, he called out when they said. Now, Peter and John paused and they looked intently at him. Why did they look intently at him? Do you remember back when Jesus was teaching his disciples. This is captured in John's gospel. In John's gospel, chapter five, verse 19, Jesus said he only did what he saw the father doing. So these disciples had been trained then to know that Jesus only did what he saw the father doing. So now, for them now, they knew that they had to do what they saw Jesus doing. So I believe they were looking intently initially to see where Jesus was and what Jesus was doing. 
because they wanted to align with Jesus. They weren't saying to Jesus, Lord, bless us. We're just about to do something amazing. They were saying, how can we bless you, Jesus? What are you doing? This person is asking us for something. We have nothing, so he must be after you. So what are you doing? So he looked intently. Meanwhile, the beggar, the lame man, was invited by Peter and John to look at them. Well, hold on. He saw them coming. He saw them coming and was begging and was asking for money, but yet he wasn't looking at them. You see, at this point in time, Peter and John had been in his peripheral vision. He could see shadows of people coming, and so he was just holding out his hands. He wasn't looking at them. He wasn't making eye contact with them. He wasn't reaching them personally. He just saw in the periphery of his vision. He saw his provision in the periphery of his vision, not as the focus. And Peter and John said, no, 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 no. Look at us. Why? Because if we want to know provision, we need to know the provider. And if we want to know the provider, we need to look at Jesus. We can't keep him in our periphery. We can't keep him in the shadows, just sticking out our hands, hoping for a blessing. We need to look at him, seek him, focus on him. And so Peter and John said, look at us. At this, the layman looked. He was really excited and he was like, I am getting some money. Here is my dinner. And he was really excited. But then he was immediately and momentarily disappointed. You see, Peter said to him, okay, you're asking for money and I don't have that. Why don't they have any money? Well, do you know, I think it's because of what we heard last week. You see, Peter and John had poured everything they financially had into the community of faith. They didn't carry around for religious practices money in their pockets. Everything was poured out. They didn't have spare change because they poured out everything. But instead, they had something different. And instead, they had Jesus. The Holy Spirit filling them so full that they were powered by Jesus and not their own effort. What do I mean by that? Well, look, if the lame man was asking for money and they gave him money, they'd fixed it. They'd fixed the need, sustaining the lameness, admittedly. But they had done it out of their own strength, out of their own resources. Jesus, on the other hand, was taking them beyond their own experiences and their own resources into him. You remember years before, as part of their training, he'd sent them out in two saying, don't take anything with you. Like seriously, go as empty handed as possible because then you leave room for me. So here, Peter and John had nothing but Jesus. So he said, I'll give you Jesus. Now, what would we do? Let's be honest for a moment. What would we do if we saw a need, whatever the need is? I think often we go for the silver and gold first. I don't just mean money by that. I mean, we go from what we've got personally. We go from our strength. We go from our resources. We go for our wisdom. We go for everything that we've got. And when we've run out and can do no more, then we say, okay, Jesus, over to you because we can't do anything. Whereas Peter and John didn't even bother with that stuff. They knew that compared to Jesus, they could offer nothing other than something that would sustain him in his lameness. But you see, Jesus is not about sustaining lameness. Jesus is about transformation of the heart and mind, body and soul. So they introduce him to Jesus, Jesus first, and then get up and walk. Not this, you know, 
gentle, meek and mild prayer of, oh, please, if you don't mind, Jesus, if you're not too busy, would you be so kind? No, 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 no. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Get up and walk. Just say it as it is, because Jesus is Jesus. He is God. He is healer. He is provider. So they step in. Now, let me tell you momentarily about my toothbrush. I know that's not necessarily what you imagined here in the middle of Acts 3, but let me tell you about my toothbrush. So recently, I needed a new toothbrush. Bristles are all grubby. So I got a new toothbrush. Now, the way we do things in our family, don't know about yours, but ours just adds to our grocery bill. We just put it all in with our grocery shopping. I order it online. I click and collect and yay, here's my toothbrush as part of my shopping. Carrots, toothbrush, what more can you want? So I got this toothbrush. Perfect fine, scrubbing away as often as I like to do. Now, a few weeks later, a new brush came in with the delivery. And I'd obviously clicked on something and forgotten that in the repeat order. And so a new toothbrush came into the home. So I said to the family, okay, who wants the new toothbrush? Who's next in line for dental hygiene? Well, they already have a toothbrush, by the way. This isn't the only one in the house. And it's not shed. Anyway, gross. So a new toothbrush. Anyway, so Tim said he'd like this toothbrush. Now, this toothbrush seemed different. Because this toothbrush was clearly, you know, we looked at it and it was one of those power ones. Not a plug-in one, you know, we're not that posh. Um, but just, you know, a self-included, self-enclosed battery, however you describe it. It had a battery in its handle. Um, so he had this power toothbrush. Now, I'm not going to lie, the kids were a little bit narked. They well, how does Dad get that? And it's like, well, we'll get you another one next time. But anyway, so Tim's, you know, busy enjoying this power toothbrush and the, the, us mere mortals are scrubbing away. But then one of my kids said to me, Mum, don't you have a toothbrush like Dad's? I was like, no, no, I don't. I have one like yours. And um, but then I looked at my toothbrush. Now, in fairness to me, okay, I wasn't wearing my glasses. I'd never wear my glasses when I clean my teeth. So that might have something to do with it. And I'm always tired because beginning or the end of the day, I'm always tired. But I've got a little button on my toothbrush that I could press and I would get power. Who knew? I've got a power toothbrush. Look at me. Now the kids are really jealous and I've got to get them for them as well. But, but anyway, I had power literally at my fingertips and didn't know it. Now, the thing is, now that's bad enough, and please don't judge me for all this confession that I'm just pouring out down the screen. That would be bad enough, okay? That makes me look a little bit dodgy. But the story is worse, and my confession goes deeper. So even today, I found myself doing this. I keep forgetting that it's a power toothbrush, and I keep using my own strength. Gosh, I'd have no gums if I did it like that. But I keep using my own strength. I keep using my own effort. And I forget that a little button pressed would release this power in partnership with mine. And my teeth would be even more hygienically clean. I keep forgetting that right at my fingertips, there is some power. And you see, this is the challenge for us, is it not, as Christ followers? Not about dental hygiene. Jesus is so much more than our dental hygiene. But isn't this our challenge? There are times when we definitely know his power and we definitely lean in. But then there are other multiple times when we do things in our own strength, where we forget the power that is available to us by the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. And we muster our own effort to keep going. And we muster our own effort to pray for someone. And we muster our own effort to just keep getting through day by day. And Jesus is saying, I have so much more for you, 
so much more for you. If you would be in the center of my world, there is so much more. And Peter and John knew this. Why? Because they journeyed with him. They had the then stories of the three years of journeying up close and personal to know that in Jesus is power. They'd seen him die. They'd seen him resurrected. They'd seen him both both sides of the living, and they knew the power that they had because of the Holy Spirit. They knew what it was to feel powerless before the Holy Spirit and power filled with the Holy Spirit. And here, this man was on the receiving end and he got up and walked. Let's jump back and finish this story just quickly. Verse seven, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. No praising Peter and John. No, oh my gosh, you're amazing. I'm going to follow you on Instagram. Can I have your autograph? Can I have a selfie with you? None of that. Praising God because he knew that the power that had come through Peter and John was nothing of them and all of Jesus. And this man went from a physical lameness and a spiritual lameness to a physical, spiritual transformation. Jumping back in verse nine, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Now we're going to stop the story there and we're going to pick that up next week. But here we have this man whose identity was lameness transformed into a leaping, praising, Jesus-following, transformed man. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us today. That level of transformation, salvation transformation, physical healing transformation, this is what he wants to do. And if you, if you, when you look at this story, you identify the most with the lame man, then there is healing today. Not through me, not through any strength that I bring to this, through Jesus. Through Jesus alone, there is healing healing of your fear and your anxiety in this season, healing into bank accounts and needs due to this season that we're navigating, healing coming to you. But I want you to also, if you are willing, to imagine yourself as Peter and John, part of the sent people. The lame man joins that, doesn't he? So he gets there next. But Peter and John were sent, sent by Jesus, that everywhere they went, they took Jesus too. Everywhere they went, they represented Jesus. So they looked intently. The blind man was just looking inadvertently around, but they looked intently, living intentionally following Jesus. And I want to encourage you right where you are, and we'll pray more in a minute, to look intently at Jesus. Then when you face your situations, I want to encourage you to look intently into your situations and ask, where are you, Jesus? What are you doing here? Let me align with you. You see, we can be so busy being afraid of COVID that we forget to ask Jesus, where are you in this? 
We can be so afraid in our work situations and keeping the right distance and judging things in our family and ducking and diving that we forget to say, Jesus, where are you? We can be so overwhelmed by the change in our studies, GCSEs and A-levels and degrees and all the school years that go in between that we forget to stop and say, Jesus, where are you in this? But Peter and John looked intentionally at the lame man and they didn't just see a lame man. They saw a man that Jesus wanted to heal and bring transformation to. And today, Jesus wants to bring transformation. Can you see him? Can you look intentionally and be part of a transformation story for his glory? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are here. And you are no respecter of screen boundaries. You go beyond. So right now I ask you, Lord, to fill hearts and homes wherever you are invited, wherever you have permission. Right now, bring healing and transformation to those who feel lame physically or spiritually or emotionally. And right now, Lord, send your people that we would be, like Peter and John, so full of you, that we don't give out of our own resources, we just give you. In your name and for your glory. Amen.